different styles of communication and how we've persevered through the really rugged downtimes. In particular, we've addressed 26 topics. In each case, there are two brief essays, one by John and one by me, and then a dialogue between the two of us. We've tried to combine both humorous and serious passages to underscore the idea that marriage or any long-term relationship is a never-ending process of exploration and growth. We've drawn on and shared our own experiences and included advice offered to us by a number of professionals, both pastoral counselors and psychotherapists, with whom we've been privileged to work over many of these 42 years. One example, during one of our particularly difficult periods when we could barely speak to each other without hostility in our voices, our counselors suggested we write and sign a contract agreeing, among other things, to be totally uncritical of each other. The first clause said, I will be totally uncritical of my spouse. I will not utter a single critical word. I will allow myself to experience how that feels. We've included a copy of the entire contract following the chapter entitled Criticism. For two people who'd been criticizing each other constantly, it was not an easy thing to write, to agree to, to sign, or to stick to. But that contract and the three that followed over the next ten months got us over another big hump. If this book succeeds in provoking individuals to think harder and more seriously about the committed relationship, both its benefits and its drawbacks, it will have been worthwhile. Assumptions and Expectations Looking back to the time before our wedding in December 1959, I am shocked by the naivete of the assumptions I held about the experience we call marriage. In the ardor of intimacy, sexual and otherwise, I gave little thought to what lay ahead. I assumed that children, in some indeterminate number, would come and that a family would emerge therefrom. I further assumed that, as a hard-working and ambitious young lawyer, I would see my income steadily rise and would come to afford a decent standard of living. Most tellingly, I assumed that Diane and I would establish a mutually rewarding relationship with no special efforts by or demands upon me. In short, the way we lived together in the first year of our marriage, before our son David arrived, would in some deterministic fashion serve as the model for our coexistence thereafter. These assumptions conceal deep and even dark questions that I would be forced to face in later years, especially in therapy. How would I deal with my strong inclination at times to be alone and withdraw from others? How would I become sensitive to Diane's need for intimacy beyond sexual gratification? How would I achieve a reasonable balance between the conflicting demands of family and profession? Above all, how would I learn enough about myself to develop into a warm and understanding husband and father. In short, 
coasting on easy assumptions, I failed to articulate, to myself and others, any realistic expectations about the many facets of marriage. Unlike assumptions, expectations lend themselves to discussion with the other partner, and thereby to adjustment and accommodation. Assumptions, which by nature tend to be concealed and static, are traps that I fell into. Expectations, on the other hand, can serve as a foundation for a dynamic relationship. At the time, however, it never occurred to me to share my expectations with Diane. In the absence of articulated and shared expectations, I and we blundered upon important truths about ourselves. This process of trial and error proved to be inefficient and emotionally costly. In time, therapy proved to offer a far better way of identifying problems and trying to attack them. At the very least, therapy gave me the support and guidance I needed.